This is Colin, he has a problem He has a lot of DVDs and some of them he hasn't seen So he's gonna grab his son and they're gonna watch each one until the pile is empty These films are still under wraps, still under wraps Unwatched, unloved and still under wraps, still under wraps, still under These films are unwatched, unloved and still under wraps Hello dear listener and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. How are you? Oh, I'm alright. This is the first time we've spoken for the last week, um, because we haven't spoken since the last episode. I was about to say debacle, I don't know where that word came from. (laughs) I'm Uh, so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, interesting turn of events, though. After last week's interesting turn of events, um, we have the opposite happening. It is highly unlikely that uh, anything will go amiss because this should be a straightforward podcast recording. It's a film that's very, very old, and so we won't have to worry about the infinitesimal chance that we will spoil it for anybody although it's unlikely that many of you have actually seen this film um, <laughs> but, but the spoilers are going to occur within the episode um, and uh, unless anyone can convince us thoroughly otherwise other than Thomas convince me otherwise <laughs> that we hold off the spoilers to the end we could do that but uh, let, let's it's, hear. It's a rare film that requires that. It is a rare film, and so it throws me completely. But this is not going to be the case. However, last week's film was an absolute hoot of a film, and I guess the podcast was somewhat saved by the fact that at least it was an enjoyable film. Mm. Uh, today's episode, I don't know. It's it's a bit of a mystery. Um, and I'm not going to tell you why, um, but that also explains why when it was introduced last week, it was introduced very abruptly and we just moved on um, <laughs> because I cut out a whole heap of stuff um, uh, in relation to today's film, um, apart from the actual film description, which Thomas neglected to point out that he hadn't read so it is thomas's fault that you have no idea other than the name of this podcast's uh film other than the name which may not help uh a large party of of listeners um because the name that was mentioned last week may not be the one that in your country you are familiar with or not familiar yeah. with. Um, <laughs> Thomas, I, I was, what are we watching today? So, yeah, I, I had to do some research, a little bit of research, because I needed to pick a different cover than the one that's actually on the disc case. For reasons. For reasons. Yeah. Uh, for those reasons being, it would be very obvious what else was left on the shelf. Um, for reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so you've you've chosen another image for 
But it appears to be the image for an entirely different film, Thomas. Yeah. So, so, so what are we meant to be watching today? We're meant to be watching a film called The Day Will Dawn. And yet... And yet... And yet... The, the cover on this episode is taken from a poster from the US where this film was called The Avengers. So we're watching The Avengers today. Yes. Excellent. So, it's not the one you're thinking of. So it's going to be in glorious colour in uh, 2.38 to 1 ratio. Um, 5.1 Dolby surround. No, this no. is a 4 by 3 black and white release from 1952. I'd like to pull you up on that. 4 by 3. Um... <laughs> This film is actually in Academy Ratio. So not your bog standard 4x3, 1.33 to 1 ratio. And I know this because I have been teaching my 13-year-old son all about ratios. And it came in very handy that I had so many films on the shelf with different ratios of uh, projection standard. And like 16 by 9 Two point whatever to one. That's right. Horatio Hornblower, <laughs> which which is listed as four by three, and I, it was indeed four by three because it was made for television of the period. However, there is four by three, which is one point three three to one ratio, but this is in the Academy ratio which is 1.37 to 1. Although, (laughs) I suspect (laughs) that this release (laughs) is not actually... Stop. (laughs) What? Would you believe... (laughs) Would you believe this is still not the oldest film... On the shelf. No, it is not. There are older films than this 1942. 52. 52. 52. Double check that. No, you're thinking of, of another film that may also be very near to my right knee right now. I think you're reading the wrong, wrong, I am wrong not. date. Because I did some... Uh, How oh. dare you? How dare you. No, I think that's wrong. I think they've switched it around. I'm just going to bring up on IMDb. <laughs> um, okay. Hello and welcome to Still Under Wraps. Uh, <laughs> intros are not usually this involved. No, they're not. Um, okay, technical specs. Let's go back one. 1942. Well, then this this case has light to it. It has. It has indeed. Okay, so... um, It is indeed 1942. 1942. I'm just handing my phone over to... Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So there we go. Which makes me wonder whether the one that I was talking about is also wrong. Okay. No, no, so, it is. See, look at the picture. No. So, so this oh, one, on. this says that it's older. 
it has the right year. Right. But it's actually not older. It's 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 slightly younger. Right. Fair Maybe enough. a release window or two out. Yep. Okay. So, but... <laughs> For whatever that meant back then. <laughs> now that we've established, we are watching a film from 1942 called The Avengers, or in uh, pretty much everywhere else, it was known as The Day Will Dawn, other than America, which couldn't cope with that much in the same way that they can't cope with uh, the Philosopher's Stone. Mm. And so they called it the... The Sorcerer's Stone. The Sorcerer's Stone, because Philosopher is, spells it's, it's it with a PH. Word. It's big word. Rather than an F. It's big word. Can uh, we get a slightly smaller word? Yes. Um, yeah. So, Thomas, now that we've got all of that out of the way and wasted a huge amount of time, yeah. uh, would you be so kind as, and hopefully, uh, even though they've got the date wrong on the back of the DVD cover... Hopefully they have the description of the film for what it's worth, because I think it's not very long. They, they do. They do have the they description. They do appear to. On, on the cover. But... He said we're, but. We've, <coughs> we're, Sorry. So the thing about the silver screen... No, see, is, we, I've is actually... Things... I've deleted all of that out. We don't know about the silver screen. This is, this is not helpful for me. <laughs> I I haven't listened back to whatever what? last week ended up being. I've had it on repeat, on constant, uh, and I wake up to it. My alarm is set to play last week's podcast. Okay, every morning. So so allow me to step around all of these landmines that have been placed. <laughs> The thing about this release is that it's a lot of grey on grey on grey. Right. So I'm going to have to turn a light on behind his head so it's that he not can read going it. to help. <laughs> or, or you could read. I look there and it has it's been transposed slick. into the My Movies database description, word for word. I'm I'm not sure if I trust it. It has. It has. Yeah. Too right. Yeah, I'm not sure if I trust it to be accurate is the thing. Because <laughs> I'm not sure this is... This release, whatever it happens to be, he says, skirting around all of the possible words. I'm, I'm not sure this is a particularly popular release. Or... or, or uh, There we go. Could be said to be obscure. Have a look. Okay. Well, somebody's put a double space where there doesn't need to be, but no matter. Uh, you always double space after a full stop. One, you don't. You don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> yes, you do. We are done with typewriters. <laughs> we don't need to do that anymore. Uh, okay, uh, dear listener, a quick poll for those of you who want to contribute to this fiasco. Um uh, I'd love to hear from you as to whether you should double space after the full stop or if you're uh, in our American audience a period. Um, and second of all, it's one sentence and the double space is somewhere in the middle of it. Right. It's probably uh, somebody scanned the back of the case and it's... Yeah. Anyway. Side note, charge your phone. <laughs> 
<laughs> Double side note, quickly read the description before the phone yes, goes flat. sure. A foreign correspondent sent to Norway... Why is there a comma there? Ah, because they've missed a comma earlier. A foreign <laughs> correspondent's comma sent to Norway, comma, becomes an important tool against the Nazis when he is caught up reporting attacks by German U-boats on Norwegian ships. <laughs> and the next paragraph? No, that's it. Oh, dear. That's the entire description. Okay. That's well, all we get. <laughs> let's, hoping, let's hope that the movie is actually somewhat longer than that and somewhat shorter than this opening segment. <laughs> Oh, I have some bad news. It is longer than this opening <laughs> segment. I don't know. It's been we've been waffling on for quite some time, and so we shall stop waffling on. Thomas, would you be so kind as to unwrap the case? I do have some more bad news, oh, grief. and it comes in several levels. <laughs> First of all, yes, it's it's not under wraps. I I believe one of these films has in fact. Being oh, spoilers previously. again. <laughs> All it right. is a box set. It is I'm a allowed box to set. say it's a box set. No, no, we covered that up last week. Well, I did, even though you're unaware that because you don't listen to the podcast after it has been so craftily edited. It depends what I've got going on. And I've already been through it. <laughs> oh, so have I. Let me assure you, Thomas, so have I. So it's a box set. Yes. One of the films, I believe, has already been played on a player at some point. Yes. One is still, still under wraps, even though the case but is unwrapped. the case unwrapped. is not. I, the, I said there were levels to this there, bad There news. are levels. I'm not going to open like the an case onion. either. <laughs> I'm not going to open the case either, because I know I'm not going to find the DVD in there, because... What? What are we going to watch? Bad piece of news number three... You've already put it in the player. Oh, spoiler. D don't, don't look at the man behind the curtain. There are no curtains except over there, and there's nobody behind those. How do you know the curtains are closed? Well, I should hope there's nobody behind those. That would be a worry. That'd the be awfully sill. tall. Not, not very wide. Okay, so without any further ado, because the disc is in the player... I'm not going to ask Thomas to take the DVD out of the case. And I'm not going to say in a moment. <laughs> I'm not going to ask him to put it into the DVD player and we're going to watch it. Well, I'm going to say that because we are going to watch it. We're going to decide whether it's worthy of staying on the shelf, which is somewhat moot because the pack of movies... Uh, is going to stay on the shelf because of the one movie that I've already seen, which is worth watching. And the one you haven't. So, really, cough, this cough. this whole episode is becoming just as much a fiasco as last week. Fortunately, you shouldn't have to mess with time. No. No wibbly-wobbly stuff. So let's go back to 1942. <laughs> <laughs> or 1952, depending on who you ask. We're going to watch this film and we'll catch you on the flip side. Turn to real two. <laughs> you dag. <laughs> oh dear.
Now, isn't that a story worth the hearing? No. <laughs> no. Oh, very much a propaganda film. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very thickly, uh, <laughs> strongly supported by the war effort uh, mm. of England. A war film of war times. Yes. Um, and interesting to note, uh, a little snippet that I did find uh, during the uh, confusion of the title of the film, the director's wife was sadly killed in a uh, German bombing raid a year before this was made. Right. So interesting that uh, there were bombing raids in this and the director had to direct such things. But uh, um, but yes, the the whole scripting and the uh, English, England being the mm. the uh, um, the saviour of the, the all the countries that are uh, are being invaded, which which they very much were, um, but it was it was heavy with the um, mm. propaganda, which every country during war tends to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> A, a very, a very thin on plot propaganda mm. film. Um, I'm glad I watched it though. I like it. It it wasn't a terrible, shocking film. We have seen worse. We've I, certainly seen better. I, I could have done without it. Yep, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but it is on the shelf, unwatched. And now we've watched it, so mm-hmm. and as it's part of APAC, it'll just slot back in there. And <laughs> some of the effects were shocking. <laughs> um, it seems that everything was made out of um, uh, train sleepers, mm. um, <laughs> including U boats. <laughs> uh, there, there, there was a building at one point. That exploded and was very obviously a model because it fell over far too quickly. Yes, uh, yes, they could have slowed that down and it would have looked a little more effective. But they they shouldn't have sped up the the Germans in their U-boat uh, loading cannons either. But uh... do you remember at the start of, at the very start of the film, as we zoom in on a map, and it's very obviously. A map just being having a camera move towards it shakily. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I. And again, it's a case of the whole propaganda film. Mm. The, the, they were churning these things out um, by the dozen, and the audiences were lapping them. They wanted to see um, England succeeding mm. and winning and. And helping, and because otherwise all hope is lost. So, mm. and this is the whole point of the, the, the propaganda films: is the uh, the feeling of yes, we are we are doing the right thing, and we are succeeding and winning. But uh, but to do that, um, <laughs> basically every single week they have to come out with a new movie where that is happening. So budgets were tight. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about 
film preservation and and art preservation more generally. I I I think it's important that art be preserved no matter how terrible or mediocre or otherwise it may be. And this isn't a very good transfer. No. Um, and But again, I think that's got a lot to do with the fact of um, it's probably not the finest example mm. of war propaganda films coming out of England. Um, there, I've certainly seen better and they have received the love and care mm. and attention. But because there was so much... Um, it, it, much like pulp magazines, I think it, it comes on. Mm. I think this only makes it into the collection because it did end up starring actors who ended up becoming mm. quite famous. And so they could slap um, those names onto the the disc cover and, oh, it's got this person and this person in it. Um, and... But as far as it, it, it was pulp magazine propaganda, mm. so. Um, but you do have an important point: the Australian film industry. There are heaps of films that were quite important in Australian film history, and mm. um, that have disappeared. Um, you know the the, the prints. Uh, have deteriorated they haven't been preserved and um and efforts are now finally being made to um properly archive and probably properly restore um you know australian movie history but we're still far behind and Mm -hmm. um in fact i'm showing one to the kids on friday night so uh that i got my hands on that uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes down and important for for certain reasons it is an important uh, film for uh, Australian film history but yes the the print of that absolutely woeful mm. um, and who knows I, I noticed that there is actually a full version of this on YouTube and I didn't check to see what the quality was right. like um, I have, and we need to add this to um, the list of films that can't be suggested now. Um, it's A Wonderful Life mm. with uh, Jimmy Stewart. I have two versions of that on the shelf. Um, and one is absolutely shocking, and one is a little bit better, because I believe it's actually in the public domain now. Um, I could be wrong, but uh, certainly uh, the two versions are distributed by two totally different uh, distributors. Um, Both are are fairly average um, transfers, but one is certainly far better than the other. So there are good prints and bad prints floating around. It's a Wonderful Life is in fact in the public domain because of a clerical error. (laughs) I, 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 I vaguely remember that there was a weird story behind it because as far as time-wise is concerned, it it, it yeah. did surprise me that... Uh, yeah. Time-wise, it's still... 
it would still be something like 20 years out. Thanks, Disney. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, somebody forgot to renew the, the license, did they? Or I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, but as like I say... There's four paragraphs on the Wikipedia page. Right, right. Um, but yes, there are certainly some good prints of it out there and there are some really bad prints out and yeah. Right, so... Clerical error prevented it from being renewed in 1974, but royalties still had to be paid because the story was a derivative ah, of another um, book. Yep. And... Now, that's not a problem either. Right. Fair enough. Um, as you can see, we, we don't have much more to say about uh, The Day Will Dawn. Um, I, I would not suggest tracking it down no. in particular. Um, it's not a terrible film, but certainly uh, my life has not been any more enriched by watching it. Um, but that could be said by a lot of TV shows that I have enjoyed um, and moved on. The Day Will Dawn was a film. It is important that it be preserved. It is not necessarily important that it be watched. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that you could take a nice, clean print of it and encase it in um, liquid plastic that then sets which means that the film will technically be preserved, but nobody has to watch it, and nobody can watch it. No. If a tree <laughs> falls in the woods... If you've preserved something and you have no way of viewing it, what's the point of preserving yeah. it? I'm saying that you don't have to watch no, this. No, you get to. Yes, we certainly <laughs> did get to watch well, this. Well, and it brings us uh, one film closer to... The end of the season, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in and hey, let's let's get just that little bit closer by just moving on. Um, as I said, it's staying on the shelf just due to the fact that it's uh, <laughs> filling a gap in a uh, box set. All right, so what's on the shelf? You know, it's probably DVDs. Okay, so we have ninety. 90 on the list. Uh, again, we thank all those who have contributed this week to adding to the list that is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and Thomas, would you please do the honours and roll the randomising random randomometer? Powered by random.org. <laughs> Talk about recent. 89. 89. Okay, I could even probably guess what that is you then. Could. Okay. M. Yes. Has suggested my neighbour Totoro. She certainly has. Oh, that that was a sort of oh that that just doesn't feel right. Me announcing it. <laughs> It's it's almost as if we were just now entering that in. That's uncanny, isn't it? It's weird. <laughs> um, well, lucky we entered those because we wouldn't have had an 89 and it, it would have just come up with that blank space. <laughs> M, look, your name has been coming up quite frequently, but there is a reason for that. 
Em is a regular contributor to our What's on the Shelf segment. And so, <laughs> uh, Thomas, have you seen My Neighbour Totoro? I have. It's quite good, isn't it? It's a wonderful film. Because I, I, I can say that because I have seen it too. In fact, all of our family has seen it um, probably a number of times. Mm. Because fortunately... Even though it happens to be on Netflix at the moment and available on Netflix, I like to have a hard copy on the shelf and have had well before um, the Netflix has uh, started showing it. Mm-hmm. Thomas, is it on Blu-ray? It is not. It is not, and that's more a reflection on the fact that we have had it for so long. Mm-hmm. Well before we've had a Blu-ray player and a screen that... Uh, would have done it justice, I think. So, so there we go. So, um, three pl- points for M. And um, G- given uh, given talks that, about yes, <laughs> yes, um, not a not a uh, a multiplier earner that one, but um, great tactics that uh, are paying off. And how well have they paid off, Thomas? There is a new second place. M has taken second place, leaping above Jeff on 12.7 and Helen on 13.2 to reach 15.5 points. Lee is still way out ahead on 23.8. But it's still... It's still within reach. We still have many episodes to go. Um, and with uh, with tactics like that, it, it's still well and truly possible. Well done, M. Um, and I do note that Lee didn't contribute this week. Nope. Um, you've got to be in it to win it, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, M has done that, so well done, M. Um, have we gushed enough? Yes. Okay. Yes, I think we have. <laughs> okay. So, we'll, okay, we'll move on. Breathe. Breathe. And then move on. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Shake the phone and pick a film, and then we'll watch the film next week. We're moving on to the synchronization segment. Synchronizing. It's a I probably should do this before the show, but I don't, because why should he do it? Because it just holds up the show every week every single week holds up the show every single week holds up the show we could probably uh, um, get sued for using that tune mind you every week I do pick a piece of music from the soundtrack to the movie that we're reviewing and it's questionable as to whether that Qualifies oh, I, I thought being... you were just improvising. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, then. Mm. Didn't you recognise the Thomas the Tank Engine? Was it that bad? Because I was improvising, ah, so I thought you were okay. improvising. No. no. Okay. No. Um, Thomas, for your assignment this week, find out whether playing one piece of music from the soundtrack... Of a <laughs> movie. Well, during a podcast that reviews the said movie, qualifies as fair use. No, because no, we don't, don't talk about the music. No, no. 
If we don't talk about the specific piece of music and only <laughs> use exactly as much as is necessary oh, to discuss it, then no. Does that no, mean not that potentially we could have our bottoms sued off? Uh, oh, did me saying bottoms make this a PG show? No, no, I don't think the Australian Classification Board would rate this PG just because you said bottoms and were clearly no. referring to bottoms when you said bottoms. That That's right. Um, also, I should point out um, that if you are curious about how Australian ratings work, I want you to look up a little show called um, Round the Twist and a specific episode called... That's what I thought it was called. Okay, so um, anyone who is curious about this um, show shown during um, the C classification mm-hmm. period, uh, which is uh, children's viewing period, the show is called, as I said, Round the Twist. From season three, there is an episode called Whirling Dervish. And uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that for those of you who want to check out that. Round that the twist is some weird stuff. <laughs> weird, weird stuff. Um, okay, so, Thomas, would you please do the honours and, <laughs> and shake that massive phone of yours um, like a whirling dervish? And, uh... So, we were talking about music just now and... and what counts as fair use. Right. And that will be a very interesting discussion to have next week. I'm going to guess here. Is it a two-word? It is two words. Okay. Are they in French? They are in French. Is one of them les? Yes. Is the other one pantyhosen? Oh, that's German, isn't it? Oh, you've done a miserable job of this. Oh, I have, haven't I? Thomas, next week's show is going to be... The 2012 film adaptation of the musical Les Miserables. With... with, um... Crow. Russell. Mm. Crow Russell in it. Yes. Okay. That's been sitting and on the shelf for... huge Ackman. Huge Ackman. Yes. That's been sitting on the shelf for absolutely ages. And I do confess... Well, obviously, I have not seen the film. Um, I have not seen any version of the stage musical. but um, And I have my reservations as to whether this is a pure uh, or fine example of said musical. But we, we shall find that out. Thomas, for those listeners who are unaware of the plot to Les Mis. One of the things about theatre, and when you're going into looking at theatre, is that usually spoilers aren't a concern. When when you're going into looking yes. at theatre, you, you, you look at the whole plot and you know the plot before you go to see it. Yep, yep. That said, here's the the mostly spoiler-free description. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. 
I, I think it's it's it's. I most should point out, even though I have not seen any stage or or film production of this mm. during my time in isolation, which I haven't covered in the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, um, I did do a rendition of that, and maybe I should add that to the episode. I, I have seen most of one act of a concert adaptation in. I want to say one of the post-performance performance classes in high school. Uh-huh. Yep. There's, there's some good songs in it. I, I'm, I'm quite familiar with uh, pretty much all of the, the, uh, the songs in it. But. So at my high school, there's, there's, a, there's a big performance, usually a musical, every couple of years. And for that, there is allotted a class time. And then the performance happens... And that class time is still scheduled. <laughs> right, so you have to do something educational, mm. and so you watch the first act of most the, of the first most act. of the first act of a concert concert performance of because it, it's quite regularly um, concert performed rather than mm. stage performed. Yes. Um, sorry, we we got off track. Thomas is going to read the spoiler-free yes. plot synopsis from it's the mostly back. Mostly spoiler-free. From the the back of the DVD. Transcribed accurately or otherwise. Yes. Set against the backdrop of the 19th century France, Les Miserables tells an enthralling story of broken dreams and unrequited love, passion, sacrifice and redemption, a timeless testament to the survival of the human spirit. Hugh Jackman plays ex-prisoner Jean Valjean, Hunted for decades by the ruthless policeman Javert... Javert? Javert. I was doing so well. Doug. Doug, played by Russell Crowe, after he breaks parole. When Valjean agrees to take care for factory worker Fantine... Fontaine? Murray. Murray, Played by Anne Halfway. (laughs) Halfway. And halfway? What? <laughs> You're halfway there. And halfway, young daughter Cosette, their lives change forever. <laughs> I'm not even going to give you a second chance at that. No, I, think that's I don't want a second that chance. <laughs> Les Miserables is the movie adaptation from Academy Award winning director Tom Hooper, also responsible for Cats. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't know that, did you? I did not. I can't believe anyone claims responsibility for that. Sorry, um, I cannot judge because that is definitely not on the shelf. You can suggest that all you like. You are going to get zero. That zip nada points. Um, sorry, assuming that Thomas has not seen it. No, I've not. Um, <laughs> I, I might at some point just to see just how awful, but I probably won't. I, I think I possibly might rather scratch my eyeball with a sharp implement. Um, <laughs> the the sm- small bits that I've seen of it. There's only so much you can do with nonsense. That's right. Um, so And yet... <laughs> Dear listener, we hope that you can join us 
next week when we uh, go all French revolutionary at you. Um, I should point out that my birthday is actually on Bastille Day, so hmm. I, I have that tenuous French connection. <laughs> I, and uh, I may have just given a hint as to a film that may be on the shelf. Maybe. Or maybe not. Who's to say? Who is to say? Us, later, when it inevitably <laughs> comes up. Um, but until then, um, we'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> you have been listening to Still Under Wraps. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Still Under Wraps is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. Movies are selected at random through My Movies, an excellent piece of movie collection software. You can find links to that, as well as our quote-unquote blog and our Facebook group, in the show notes. Still Under Wraps is a High Hello production. Just barrel on there. <laughs> we did, didn't we? we just... How was that for a wrap up? It did it, 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 yeah, one but it's, it's not glowing, you know, though. You know the one next to the green one? Next to the green one, the red one? No, no, the one that isn't red. <laughs> right. The one that's black on a black background. Yes, with yes, black that lettering. one. It's lit up blackly. Yes. Okay, I'll press that one right. <laughs>